are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Thursday edition, February 1st edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today's NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host here of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the show. It is the first day of February. The Trailblazers had a game last night in Portland. It was a historic game for the Trailblazers. C.J. McCollum setting uh, an incredible pace with his scoring. Scored 50 points in the victory and uh, did it in three quarters at that. That is some Clay Thompson, Steph Curry stuff. And C.J. McCollum did that on their way to a blowout victory, 124-108 over the Chicago Bulls. We'll also touch on some NBA rumors. Nikola Miritich, who's been a rumored trade target perhaps of the Blazers was held out of the game for the Bulls Myers Leonard was also held out uh, due to a low back strain so we'll get into that and then also we'll look ahead to their game on Friday against the Toronto Raptors which should be a, a really tough game the Raptors are one of the best teams in the league so we'll look at that but first gotta break down C.J. McCollum's incredible night. It started with a 28-point first quarter. He was just on fire. And even in the first quarter, uh, I was not there, but watching it, you could hear the crowd ooh and ah with every single one of his shots. It's like It was like watching those videos of Kevin Durant in Rucker Park where uh, everyone's just ooing and eyeing at every mo- moment that he has. And... CJ had the crowd in his hands. He had the team in his hands. Everyone was trying to get him the ball. It was incredible to watch the spectacle that happened because the Blazers were running away with it. The Bulls didn't have a lot of guys. They they were missing Laurie Markinen, Chris Dunn. They held Miritich out. So it wasn't as if the they were going against a full complement. And the Blazer, Blazers put the pedal to the metal early, and CJ just was cooking on another level like I said 28 points in the first quarter just doing in so many different ways and by the time that it all but that it was winding down at the end of the first quarter there was a the the, first of all Terry Stotts left CJ in longer than he normally is in because he was so hot and he wanted to see how many points he could get. And then the last possession of the first quarter, you see, the funniest thing for me in that first quarter was you see Terry Stotts waving everybody to get down below the free throw line so that CJ can just ISO his guy. And it just became a complete scene. And it was incredible to watch the Blazers continue to hit their stride, but CJ, I think, has also hit a stride as of late. He had a really tough start to the season, was not making a lot of his mid-rangers, was not hitting his two-point shots as well as he had in previous seasons, and 
He had everything going last night. His field goal percentage is slowly kind of building up, and his three-point percentage is, is at a career level right now, so that's that's really helping. But uh, CJ continuing to get hot. The Blazers as a whole continuing to play much better on the offensive end, and they're rolling right now. The Blazers ha- have really done a nice job here as of late taking care of the schedule, taking care of the teams that they need to take care of, and right now they're only a game behind Oklahoma City for the fifth seed in the West. So that win was incredible. But CJ, this was one of the nights of the year. If it, the you know the Blazers, they're not. I don't think I'm breaking any news that they're not going to win the championship. But they can do a lot of great things and and they've been taking care of a pretty easy schedule as of late you know they've caught some breaks on the schedule as well but you gotta you play who's in front of you and the Blazers have had struggled with that earlier in the season and now their offense is in another gear they're really taking care of business at home and then last night was a really nice break at home in this stretch of six games in eight on the road and it was incredible to watch. You, the crowd was awesome. I, I wish that they could have just let CJ stay in, at least to his regular minute total, to see where it could go because I, I, I wanted to see it. But at the same time, the Blazers do have a pretty big road trip coming up here with some really good teams on their schedule. So I, I, I do get from their perspective why they held him out for the long term. But it, it would have been extremely fun to see CJ go for 60, maybe 70. I mean, he could have easily gotten there, I think. And if they had done some some Phoenix Suns-esque stuff like they did with Devin Booker last year when Devin Booker had 70, uh, I would have been willing to see that. Also, CJ is better than Devin Booker, so uh, that would have been awesome to have him pass that. Uh, also, he could have easily passed Dame's franchise scoring record of 59 but CJ did not play in the fourth quarter. The Blazers had the win in hand. They had uh, the reserves in for most of that fourth quarter, and they really just took care of business. And and CJ was special last night. And his his great aunt, ninety two years old, was also in the crowd last night. So a great moment for him, in on a lot of levels. And and I know that. Uh, it's kind of almost become a meme, Damian Lillard getting snubbed from the All-Star game, but if I'm CJ McCollum, I, w- I would feel like I got snubbed a little bit, fr- frankly, and it, it, it's it's almost impossible to get in the All-Stars in the Western Conference, but CJ has been a, a really spectacular player all, se- player all season, and he comes out and gets 50 points in three quarters, 50 points in 29 minutes of play. I mean, just an incredible performance from C.J. McCollum, one I will remember for the rest of my life, one of the greatest Blazer performances, and he was just, it was like, he was a magician, and when C.J. gets going, he's one of the most fun guys to watch in the league, his handle, his his moves, he's got that wiggle, kind of kind of Kyrie-esque, Kyrie Irving-esque, uh, and then also he was pulling up from super deep, like Dame, like Steph Curry, and, and he just had it going on, a, on another level, and the Blazers have something special here with Dame and CJ, and I know that everyone wants to break them up, but you have two guys that can go for 50 any night, and they can do it extremely well, and 
and they play well off each other, and you have a night here where CJ is going for 50, and Dame willingly taking a back seat. Dame only took nine shots in this game. They were just feeding CJ, feeding CJ, and... I know that people want to put these guys and 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 mix them up and kind of they're kind of like widgets in a in a board and and you can just put the pieces in, but they're not these these guys are people and and I don't think that just simply replacing CJ with a guy that play that is a bigger player that plays in the front court, I I just don't see it as something that is as special as this and I. I know that everyone's concerned about the balance of the roster, but again, I I would say that you're putting basketball in a box that I don't think it really exists in. And you can look at teams and and figure out how to have the right balanced roster and have all these things, but I don't I don't think there's really such thing as true balance. I think it's a fallacy. I think it's a, a, a fantasy sports thing that you know you got to have enough forwards, you got to have enough centers, you got to I think Dame and CJ are pretty damn special as two guards, and they can take the Blazers really far, and they've been playing really well. They have turned things around offensively. They're moving up in the standings, and listen, the the Spurs don't have Kawhi Leonard. Minnesota is, is floundering. They just got Jimmy Butler back, but they, they're struggling a little bit. They're a young team. Tibbs plays them a lot of minutes. There's a possibility that they run out of gas. Uh, Portland is is kind of in the mix here if they can get some wins. They could be in this 5-6-4 range because Minnesota is only a game and a half ahead of Portland now. Portland is four games back of San Antonio. That's pretty lofty, but now it's almost like there's a three-man, three-team race for 4-5-6, and Minnesota's been in the lead for most of the season, but... Everyone in Minnesota is a little bit disappointed with Jeff Teague and how he's played. He's having a little bit of a down year by his standards. The the Blazers seem to be hitting their stride, and and I think I, I think this they're really in the mix right now. And I obviously I don't think CJ's on the table anyway. Uh, Chris Haynes said that last week. So the Blazers are, are playing really well. They've won seven out of their last ten. They're really rolling, and the the Pelicans who are behind them lost to Marcus Cousins. They might get Nikola Miritich, but who knows if that actually moves the needle for them. And I I just you know anything is possible right now. And 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 the the Bulls were super shorthanded. They they were not their complete team, and they're a bad team as it is. But they keep winning these games, and if they survive this east coast road trip and can win a couple of these games against these eastern conference teams they would be in really sweet position to stay in the race with minnesota with oklahoma city and i i I don't see why they couldn't do it and the nba season is long it has twists and turns and and right now the blazers are on a nice turn they're rolling it's been in a little bit of an easy schedule but uh, i think it's impressive and they deserve some recognition for that and I, I, I'm looking forward to, for what's to come on this road trip here against some really good teams to see what the Blazers can do. But they may also have an injury to Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic apparently bruised his quad last night, had to come out of the game in a collision with Robin Lopez. We won't know about his status for the game against the Raptors. We'll see what happens. But he, he couldn't finish the game last night, and that wasn't good. But... 
We'll talk about that in a little bit. First, I wanted to give you a word from our sponsor, MyBookie. The Super Bowl is this weekend, and I wanted to tell y'all about MyBookie.ag, the number one rated online sportsbook. Fantasy's over, the playoffs are over, the Super Bowl is here, Pats or Eagles, who are you going to go with? This sportsbook makes it easy to deposit and get your cash out easier with your winning. So they have odds on everything. They're going to have all your favorite prop bets. You can build your own prop bets however you want. You can create your own bet slip. It's super fun, and you kind of create your own situation in there and you can get in on the action you don't have to be in vegas you don't have to be somewhere where there's a sports book my bookie is your online sports book it's sweet you can bet from your desktop your tablet anytime anywhere and no hassle payouts it's a fantastic betting website so join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with up to a 50 percent bonus just use promo code locked on nba that's locked on nba one word just like locked on blazers but nba when you're making your account and visit mybookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book where you play you win and you get paid so nurkic is is injured. He he may not play in the the first game of this road trip against the Raptors, which which would suck if he couldn't play. He he, he would be a really nice matchup against Valanciunas, and, and and I think that he would like the opportunity to play against one of the best teams in the league. They're right there, neck and neck with the Celtics right now in the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, excuse me. But we'll talk about that game in a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the NBA rumors that have been reported over the last day or so Nikola Mirotic as I said held out of Portland's game last night against the Bulls he they're holding him out reportedly until they find a trade he's apparently on the move and they've been trying to find a trade for him for a while now and now also Myers Leonard was also held out so that kind of raised some eyebrows that the Blazers could potentially be moving him he was out with what they reported as a low back strain. Um, the reported deal that fell through or that was talked about with New Orleans was Omer Ashik and a pick for Miritich. Myers and a pick for Miritich is not that far off, except that Myers can shoot. And maybe that's attractive to the Bulls. Who knows? And, and Myers is a hometown kid, so I, I understand why people raise their eyebrows at that. Tyreek Evans held out until the Memphis Grizzlies can find a trade for him. He's apparently got a lot of suitors, Boston, Cleveland, lots of teams looking for extra guard help. He's had a really nice season for the Grizzlies, and they're looking to move him to try and get a pick out of a team because the Grizzlies are tanking, and also the added bonus of that is that Evans has been really good for them, and this is a solid tank move to kick the tank into high gear. So, Tyreek Evans, likely on the move. Nikola Mirotic, likely on the move. Myers Leonard, to be determined. Who knows? It could just be that his back was a little tight. And then we had a bombshell that came over last night, which is not an NBA trade deadline relevant news story, but just an NBA wide relevant news story from our old Portland friend Chris Haynes over at ESPN reporting that LeBron James would be interested in a meeting with the Golden State Warriors 
if the Warriors could create enough cap room to create a max player slot in LeBron's range, which is about $35.6 million. Pretty incredible stuff from Haynes. Apparently, the Warriors don't have any plans to do that at this time, but to me, that sounds like the organization not trying to alienate their current players. And they have a chance to win the championship this year. They have, they're have they the favorites to win the championship this year. And I understand why people around the Warriors would say that there's no truth to that rumor that they would want to get into the room with LeBron James. I think that that's BS because who wouldn't want LeBron James? I I don't see the I don't see it as okay. Oh, oh no, no, no. We're fine with Draymond Green and an aging Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston instead of LeBron. Like that that is just that is just that is crap. Uh, I I do not believe it for a second that they're not interested, that they don't want it. I, a lot of media people around the Warriors reporting this morning that the Warriors aren't interested, that they're more interested in Anthony Davis, who is not a free agent next summer. So I, I, I wonder how that's going to work. To me, it seems like the team pushing back against the rumor so that they don't create any rifts within the team because, you know, if Draymond Green hears about this, maybe he gets angry, loses his mind, you know, kicks people, whatever, whatever, and, and or Andre Iguodala just gets fed up, gets fat, who knows? I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why the Warriors would deny such a story that they would be interested in getting in the room with LeBron James. And from LeBron's perspective, as Haynes reported, he would be interested in listening to the Warriors because they're the Warriors because they've been winning. He would play with Curry and Durant most likely. And so uh, some incredible stuff. And obviously the, the Warriors would also have to get rid of at least one of their star players, one of their core players, whether it be Draymond Green or Klay Thompson, they'd have to choose. I, I would probably choose to move on from Green because he and LeBron kind of do a lot of the same things. But maybe... You know, there's going to be a lot of teams, I'm sure, in the mix for Draymond Green. I don't know how they would want to help the Warriors get LeBron James, but there's always someone that's looking for a trade, looking to get better in their market. Uh, Portland could be an example of that. It, it, they wanted to give a, a first-round pick to the Warriors for Draymond Green. I mean, there's there's a lot happening here, and this is a pretty enormous story that. I think we'll be talking about for a while and I think there's truth to it and I think any denials coming from the Warriors are just to save face with their current guys so that they don't combust and uh, lose faith in each other and stop playing for the team because lots of people around the Warriors that cover the Warriors admit that there's a fork in the road coming with Iguodala's age, Draymond Green, who knows how much longer he can play at this level and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, to, to, to the Warriors maybe having to pivot here, and maybe they pivot to LeBron, who knows, I mean, this is this is crazy, but uh, an enormous story that I think needed to be mentioned because it would affect the entire NBA landscape, and would make Draymond Green, potentially, or Klay Thompson, hometown boy from Lake Oswego, available for the rest of the league, so I... I was my mind was blown this morning when I saw that news. Uh, I po had to post about it on LeBron Wire, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" But enough of that. Enough rumor talk. 
in the NBA. The trade deadline is a week away from today, so we're going to have a lot more of this as we get closer to the deadline. But in a minute, we're going to take a look at the Toronto Raptors Portland's matchup on Friday in the six. So the Blazers start a three game road trip tomorrow, or I guess today they, they fly to Toronto. Three game road trip against Eastern Conference teams. Some pretty intriguing matchups this weekend. Really excited actually to watch all these games. I think they're going to be fun matchups. I think they're going to be really great tests for the Blazers because these teams are good. You know, going to the Eastern Conference a lot of times, it's oh, you, mostly you just have to deal with being on on the road and, and, and being in a different arena and all that stuff. But this is on the road against really good basketball teams and it's, it's going to test them and it's going to be really interesting. And the Blazers play Toronto on Friday. They play the Celtics on Sunday and then they finish off their trip with the Detroit Pistons, but a little bit of primer on the Raptors, DeMar DeRozan, has been incredible. Kyle Lowry has been solid, but I think the biggest thing to take away is that the Raptors are no longer simply reliant on those two guys to create their offense. In years past, you could you could predict where they were going to go. It was tons of isolation basketball, and they were good at it. They were they were really solid offense. But then when they get to the playoffs, it would get so predictable that teams could just lock them down and. and they weren't able to to really set themselves apart in the postseason. And they had a kind of a look-in-the-mirror moment this season where they decided, okay, we need to develop a, a different type of offense. And that's what they did. And their offense is now way less reliant on the ISO talents of Lowry and DeRozan. They can still break you down, but they don't they, – they, they're just not – carrying the same load that they used to and and that has really helped make the Raptors offense just a lot more democratic there's a lot more freedom guys are trying to make more plays Serge Ibaka has been empowered to make more plays you have their bench that is super deep and really helpful and and, and just a, a really deep young team they've been stockpiling these draft picks for a long time and they have a lot of these young guys that can come in off the bench and run up a lead against you DeLon Wright, Pascal Siakam, CJ Miles, Fred Van Fleet, Jakob Pertl these guys are, are really good you might not know their names but they're very solid NBA players and they're a big reason why the Raptors are nipping on Boston's heels for the number one seed in the east and OG Ananobi, a guy who Portland could have drafted, which, you know, I'm, I'm sure you maybe you thought that, but OG Ananobi has been very solid for the Raptors. He's a great defender. I'm sure he will get they, he will get a lot of time against Dame and CJ or CJ, whichever one, maybe both. Ananobi is, is an excellent defender, and he's a better offensive player than I think people projected him to be. He's not taking a lot of shots, but when he takes them, he's been hitting them at a decent rate, 36% from three, 60% on his two-pointers. So this Raptors team is really good. They have a chance to make the finals. The way Cleveland's playing, I I, I could see anybody knocking them off. And, And Toronto is young. They're athletic. They're long. They can really give you problems, and I, I think this is going to be a really tough game, maybe just as tough, if not tougher, than the Boston game that they have 
the next a couple days later. So Portland plays a, a really really good team against the Raptors. This is probably why Stotts decided to rest CJ McCollum in the fourth quarter because they're going to need Dame and CJ to play at an elite level. They're going to need Turner, Aminu, everybody to, to really pitch in and step up against this team because these guys are really good. They're really talented and they're really deep. So this matchup against the Raptors tomorrow night, really intriguing, really looking forward to it. It's a, also a, a reunion of, uh, of old assistant coach teammates in Dwayne Casey and Terry Stotts. So obviously there's a little bit more incentive there. There's a little bit of that rivalry there between those two guys. So I'm excited for that game. Blazers, Raptors, the Raptors, one of the surprises of the league this year because they've been so good because of their young bench and uh, a, a really good test for the Blazers after facing, you know, after the Blazers kind of, you know, fattened up on an easy schedule. Now they hit the road to face two of the best teams in the East and then they'll face the Pistons with Blake Griffin. So a uh, really tough road trip here for the Blazers starting on Friday in Toronto with a really good Raptors team. But that's going to do it for this edition of Lockdown Blazers. If there's any trades, if there's anything that goes down, we'll be back here for it before tomorrow. If that happens, if not, we will talk to you after they play the Raptors in Toronto. Subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, leave us a five-star review, and keep it locked here on Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.